0: You know, I want to continue our series this morning on Jesus' reigns. In fact, we're going to be wrapping it up today. I started this series intentionally on Easter Sunday. And I did that intentionally because here's why. Jesus demonstrated by His resurrection from the dead that He is Savior and He is Lord and He is King and He is bringing forth the fullness of His kingdom. But that kingdom was inaugurated. Uh, during His powerful resurrection and ascension to the Father's right hand. Jesus brought the kingdom with us. In fact, when you look with me uh, on the screen there, Luke chapter 8, verse 1, it says that the Bible tells us that Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, and this is what He was doing. The Bible says He was preaching and announcing the good news of the kingdom of God. How many of you know the good news is that Jesus Christ is king? The good news is that Jesus Christ is reigning. Whatever Jesus touches, whatever Jesus handles, whatever Jesus is in charge of, uh, that is good news for us because it always brings great blessing. And so right now, the message we've been sharing with you is we are living under the rule and reign of Jesus. When you and I make him Lord of our lives, he becomes king over this dominion right here, this this kingdom right here. And the more I live in the realm of the kingdom, the more of the blessing and the favor and the goodness of God that I experience. And so we're trying to teach you how, how to move and how to live in the kingdom of God. And that what we do as God's people to bring about the blessings of Christ's kingdom reign. You know, we shared in the last few weeks that we're called to bring a number of things uh, to this world. We're called to bring reconciliation. Jesus Christ as King reconciles people, first of all, to God and then to each other. And then we share the ministry of reconciliation. Have you been busy over this season healing people? Loving people, bringing people together, uh, that's part of what God has called us to do. The second thing we talked about was justice. You know, when you're born again and when Christ comes to establish His reign in your heart, all of a sudden you have a love for people. You care about the the downtrodden, the brokenhearted. You care about the disenfranchised, and you want to see justice done. You care about truth and righteousness, and we also are moved by compassion and mercy. That's how we express the kingdom of God in a broken, fallen world where justice many times is not happening. Last week, we talked about beauty. One of the things that the church does is everything we touch and everywhere we go, We bring the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of the gospel. Whatever we touch gets elevated in the kingdom. And so I just want to encourage us as we go through our lives, let's beautify people, let's beautify relationships, let's beautify cities and and, and places uh, that wherever we touch, we bring the beauty of God's kingdom. And then today I want to talk to you about the last point, and that's simply wholeness. You know, Jesus came to make us whole. He came to make us free. He came to put the broken pieces of our lives back together again. And we get a glimpse of this, uh, of Jesus' ministry. I could have given you so many passages this morning to highlight what Jesus was about. But I want us to look here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Look what it says here in the message translation. It says, Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He was moving around from town to town, village to village, and this is what he was doing. He taught in their meeting places and he reported on the kingdom. He shared kingdom news with them. And here's the exciting part. Jesus healed all of their diseased bodies and he healed their bruised and hurt lives. What a beautiful savior we have. Jesus was going around from town to town and he was encountering people who were broken, their bodies were broken, their hearts were broken, their lives had been bruised and wounded. Uh, And what did our Savior do? He healed them. He restored them. He brought them into a place of wholeness. And that's why this message this morning is good news for all of us. Because you know what? If you're hurting this morning, if you're broken, if you've got some wounds, if you've got some sickness in your body, the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news that Jesus reigns, means that he brings with him the power to put broken people back together again. But you know, this wasn't always the case. And I think it's important as we're talking about the kingdom that we always frame the kingdom in that template that I gave you a few weeks ago. We talk about creation, we talk about the fall, and then we talk about redemption. It's important for us to go back and realize Jesus didn't create broken human beings. In fact, the Bible says we were created in the image and likeness of God. Well, pastor, what does that mean? Well, it means we have a spirit that God made us with. In fact, we're spirit beings. God himself is a spirit. We're spirit beings. Well, why is that the case? Because our spirits are made to commune with God, to know God, to love God, to enjoy God. God also made us with a soul. When we think of our souls, that's our minds, our will, our emotion, And all of those areas, you know, our minds were made to think God's thoughts and to be able to uh, commune with Him. Our our emotions were made to feel God's heart. Uh, Our will was meant to follow God's desires and to live in a way that pleases Him. And then lastly, God gave us this incredible body. Uh, and the, the human body is an amazing thing. Uh, it is a sign of God's creative genius. Our bodies were made not to control our lives, but our bodies were made to help us carry out our mission so that we could love God and that we could love and serve people. So spirit beings with souls, with bodies, made to enjoy God, made to be on mission with God. But the fall, as you know, changed all of that. In fact, literally, it turned our world completely upside down. And I want to highlight some of those areas because it's important that you understand uh, the conditions in which we operate right now. First of all, we were God-centered to start with. God was the center of everything in Adam and Eve's lives. He was the focal point of of their life focus and mission. But the fall twisted all of that, and now we find that we're incredibly self-centered by nature. In fact, we have to spend most of our lives trying to get free from the selfishness that seeks to poison and destroy us. Secondly, we are now spiritually dead. When we come out of our mother's womb, we are not made to have a relationship with God. We're spiritually cut off from God. Uh, That that has happened because of the result of sin and rebellion. And so we can't even know God or have a relationship with God apart from God coming to us in his mercy and helping to remedy that situation. So we're self-centered. We're spiritually dead. The third area impacts all of us. This world is under a physical curse, which means our bodies get old. They start falling apart. Uh, we start feeling aches and pains. We deal with disease like this whole COVID-19 thing uh, and the yearly uh, flus and sicknesses and cancer and everything else that the human body fights. We're living in a world that is under a physical curse. The Bible also says that our hearts that once we're beating with passion for God are now wicked and selfish and hard and unresponsive to the Lord. Uh, And uh, and so we got a heart problem at the very core of who we are. Uh, Our hearts are rebellious and wicked. In addition to that, the Bible says our minds that were made, again, to think God's thoughts and to relate with Him, our minds are now what the Bible calls depraved minds. We twist the truth. We run from the truth. We reject the truth. We don't embrace the truth and follow it. And so our minds have been damaged by the fall. And lastly, our will. You know, people talk about uh, the freedom of the will, but the Bible reveals something completely opposite as a result of the fall. The Bible says that whoever sins becomes a slave to sin. So we're not free uh, to be all that we've been called and created to be. In fact, the opposite is true. We're enslaved. Our wills are enslaved to sin and to sinful desires. So we're a mess. I mean, everything has been turned upside down. The fall has impacted every single part of who we are. And we're in desperate, desperate need of a Savior to set us free and to restore the brokenness that's in our lives. You know, the Bible says this in Titus chapter 3, Uh, And it perfectly captures in just one verse kind of our condition. It says, for we too were once foolish. Again, we're not thinking right. We're, We're being fools. We're disobedient. We're not living right and acting right. We're deceived, which means we think what we're doing is going to lead to happiness and joy. But we're deceived. It's not leading that direction. And yet we think we're doing the right thing. The Bible says we're enslaved to all kinds of sinful desires and pleasures. You know, that's the nature of sin is it promises so much, uh, but it doesn't deliver. Instead of pr- producing pleasure and freedom, it actually leads to pain and death and bondage. And then lastly, it says we're spending and wasting our lives in malice, in envy, being hateful and hating one another. What a, what a description of fallen human beings we are broken we are in need of redemption and the good news is this if that describes you if that describes your brokenness if that describes your condition the good news is that's exactly the kind of people that Jesus came after the Bible says he came to seek and to save lost people lost people broken people hurting people uh, people in need of being fixed. Those are the kind of people that Jesus came after. In fact, I love this passage in Mark chapter 2. You can follow along on the screen. Uh, Jesus was encountering the religious leaders and, and the Pharisees, and this is what they had to say about him in verse 16. When the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with tax collectors and with other sinners... They ask the disciples, why does he eat with such scum? That's the nature of that religious spirit. You know, religious people are just as broken as the scum that they were describing. Uh, We need a Savior just as much. You know, people that think they got it all together, people that think that they don't need a a doctor are, are just as lost as the ones who know that they do. But look at what it says next. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he said this, and this is a profound principle. It's so important for us to understand this morning if we want to step into the wholeness that Jesus has to offer. He said, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. This is such an important principle. Jesus is basically being a little sarcastic here with the religious leaders who think they got it all together and who think that they don't need a Savior. Jesus said, you know what, I'm not coming for you folks. I'm only coming after sick people. I'm coming after people who know that they have need of a physician. And can I just tell you today, you know, there's so many places in the Bible where Jesus seems to bypass the obvious you know he he I'll give you some examples he he goes up to a man named Bartimaeus in in Mark chapter 10 the bible says Bartimaeus was a blind beggar what a picture uh, of our a, a prophetic picture of who we are apart from Christ we are blinded to spiritual truth and to the beauty of Jesus and we are beggars uh, in terms of what we have to offer God. we got nothing. And you know the story. It's a beautiful story. Here's this blind beggar who hears that Jesus is coming into town. And he, as the, as the, as the pr- procession gets closer to him, he starts crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And, of course, everybody around him is yelling at him, hey, shut up, be quiet. But the Bible says he yelled all the louder. This was a man who was desperate. And all of a sudden, hope was arising in his heart because Jesus was coming by, passing by his way. And Jesus says something that is strange. When you go to that passage, in fact, look on your screen with me. When you go to Mark chapter 10, verse 51, Jesus asks this question to him. What do you want me to do for you? That seems like such a silly question. Here's a blind beggar standing in front of you. uh, And Jesus says, what do you need? How can I help you? The reason Jesus asked that question is not because he doesn't know what the man needs. It's because he wants to make sure Bartimaeus knows what he needs. In other words, Jesus can't really help us until we have an awareness of our desperate need for healing. We have a desperate need that we're broken and we need fixed. That's called repentance. It means we go, God, forgive me for the way that I've lived my life. And Jesus, will you come in and will you fix the broken pieces? Will you put me back together again? You know, when when Bartimaeus gave Jesus his answer, he said, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said, I can handle that. And uh, he touched him and healed him. And Jesus said, go now. Your faith has made you whole. It was faith in Jesus, faith in what He could do that led to this desperate man's complete healing. You might be blind here today, maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you're far from God, and Jesus is saying, what do you want me to do for you? What a great question. He's offering that question to each of us this morning. How can I help you? But until we recognize personally our need for a Savior, we're hopeless, and we're going to be in the same situation. That's why the Pharisees uh, missed it. The reason they missed it was they thought they had it all together. You know, Living Stones has been called a place that's like a spiritual greenhouse. It's a hospital, and if you've been around here for any length of time, you realize that none of us, uh, none of us in leadership positions, are standing here acting like we're perfect and we've got it all together. In fact, one of the Beautiful things about the culture here at Living Stones is that we're just a bunch of broken, blind begging sinners who have all found Jesus or better stated he found us, and he's had mercy on us, and whatever beauty that there is, whatever strength there is, is the lord's strength it's the lord's beauty and so if you're watching here today, here's the good news: you can drop the pose man you don't have to you don't have to be someone or something that you're not. You can admit that you're hurting, you can admit that you're lost, you can admit that you're uh, you're in need of healing. And you know what, if you'll drop the guard and if you'll quit being a, a Pharisee and quit acting like you got it all together and you'll just be completely honest, you'll realize that there's bruised areas in your heart, that there's painful areas in your life, there's areas where you're crippled right now, maybe not physically, but you're crippled emotionally, you're crippled spiritually. And the great news is if you'll just admit it and if you'll just say help, Jesus will come running to the rescue because his whole mission was about making people who are broken whole again. And that's what he wants to do. Let me give you another example from Scripture in John chapter 5. Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda which is basically a, a hospital area. There's people all over the grounds and they're all crippled and paralyzed and diseased and sick and broken uh, everywhere. That's all that you see uh, gathered around the pool. But Jesus doesn't deal with the whole crowd. He goes up to one man in particular. The Bible tells us this man had been crippled for 38 years. And once again, Jesus bypasses the obvious. And this is what he asks this man in John chapter 5 verse 6. Would you like to get well? Isn't that a strange question to ask a sick person? Would you like to be well? And right away, when Jesus asks him that question, what follows is a litany of excuses why this man has not been able to make it into the pool on time and why he always misses out and, and excuse after excuse after excuse. Can I just encourage you this morning that until we're willing to drop the excuses, uh, until we're willing to embrace responsibility, until we're willing to believe God personally for our own lives, we're going to lay there crippled. Jesus turned to this man and he said, hey, get up, pick up your bed and walk. There was faith required. Jesus, Jesus challenged this man, if you want to be healed and you'd like me to do something about your brokenness, you've got to do something about it as well. Quit making the excuses and hop to your feet. In other words, let's participate with what God wants to do in our healing. Let's be cooperative. Let's, let's pursue God. Let's hunger for wholeness. Let's realize we're on a journey together. We've not yet arrived. This is going to be a lifelong process of allowing God to heal the brokenness that's in us. But the journey is worth it, and we need to take up our mat, and we need to start moving in pursuit of the only one who can make us whole. His name is Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus gave a a famous teaching. It's called the Beatitudes. It's also called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, When I was in Israel this past year, they took us to the place where they believe uh, that sermon took place. And it's a beautiful hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus began that Sermon on the Mount by establishing a really, really important principle for all of us. Uh, It says this in Matthew chapter five, verse three, God blesses those who are poor and who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. One translation says uh, God blesses the spiritually bankrupt. What is he talking about here? He's not talking about being poor in terms of money or dollars. He's talking about being poor spiritually or realizing that we have nothing to bring to the game here. We are bankrupt when it comes to what we have to offer. And until you realize that you are bankrupt, until you realize your need for Jesus, that you can't save yourself, that you can't heal yourself, that you can't put all the broken pieces back together again, uh, until you have that revelation, you'll never begin to enter the amazing kingdom that God has for us. But those who are spiritually poor, those who recognize their spiritual bankruptcy are the very candidates for whom Jesus brings healing. In fact it's amazing in this passage when you wonder where the the audience came from what happens in the verses previous to that is that Jesus was going around healing the sick, casting out devils, those that were demonized and oppressed by demonic spirits. He was setting them free and he was bringing hope. These were the people that that mobbed Jesus. They, they followed him. They were, the, they were the crowd that was gathered there when Jesus began teaching about the principles of the kingdom of God. In fact in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 I love this verse because it really in one verse captures what Jesus was about. It says that he went around doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed, downtrodden, beaten, bruised by Satan and by Satan's attacks on their life. Uh, that's the good news of the gospel. That's what Jesus brings. He brings salvation. You know, in the Greek, that word salvation is an amazing word. It's the Greek word sozo. Some of you are familiar with this concept, but it bears repeating. It means to be saved or rescued out from under Satan's power and to be restored into wholeness and order because of God's work in your life. So God comes and He rescues you. He pulls you out of Satan's kingdom. He puts you in the kingdom of His dear son, Jesus Christ. And then He begins to reorder and heal and restore every dimension of your life. This speaks, first of all, uh, of spiritual healing. It starts in the heart. God introduces you uh, to Himself through Jesus Christ, and He gives you a heart transplant. It's called salvation. It's called being born again. But He doesn't stop just with our spirits. Then He moves into the soul realm. He starts renewing our minds so that we think like God, so that we can understand God's principles for life and for success, Uh, kingdom principles. We learn that, of course, through the Word of God. He also deals with our damaged emotions, the areas where we've been bruised and, and broken in life. He begins to come in gently and heal our emotional realm and heal our wounded heart. And then lastly, praise God for this. God also has the power to heal and restore our broken bodies. The gospel is the good news for the whole person. Jesus heals us and restores us body, soul, and spirit from the inside out. He cares about every part of you. You're not a a bunch of compartments and he only compares about certain compartments. No, he cares about you. He cares about all of you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, inside out, every part, every square inch of who you are, that's the wholeness that Jesus is committed to bringing. And that's good news. But let me bring the last part of this up. We said there's creation, there's the fall, and then there's the fullness of the kingdom. We're living now in the already and the not yet. We're living in times where Christ's kingdom has broken through with great hope and great joy and great opportunity. Uh, And that's good news for us. But here's the other challenge is that all the healing that Jesus did was not so that he would heal every single person on planet Earth. We know that's not the case. But every time Jesus healed somebody or a group of people, sometimes it said everybody that was there, he healed them all. What was he demonstrating for us? He was showing us. He was giving us a foretaste. He was bringing the appetizers out to show us that there's a time coming when he's bringing his kingdom in all of its fullness all of its fullness. That means there will be no sickness. There will be no no uh, demonic activity. There will be no pain. There will be no hardship. There will be no bruises, all right? There's going to be nothing but blessing. We talked about this a little bit last week when Jesus brings the fullness of His beauty to planet earth. When this, this planet that we live on right now will become made new, it will be a new earth the new heavens and the new earth. And we read about this. I want to close this morning with a couple of passages from the book of Revelation. When Jesus heals the sick, again, he's pointing to a day when sickness will be no more and when the new earth is going to replace this current fallen, broken order in which we're living right now. And I want you to read in Revelation 21, verse 4 with me. This is good news. He will wipe away every single tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death and no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. All these things are gone forever. Isn't that an exciting time to think about? You know, all of us that have walked with Jesus for any length of time have experienced His touches in our life. We've experienced His goodness. We've we've been perhaps physically healed. There are many of you watching right now that have experienced the healing power of Jesus in your body. What a a priceless privilege that is for us as believers. Many of us have been healed in our emotions. All of us that are born again have been, have been redeemed in our spirits. Our spirits have been resurrected from death to life. We've all experienced to one degree or another the redemptive touch of Jesus in our lives. And we're going to experience that until uh, Christ comes. But here's the stark reality of this. Every one of us unless Christ comes first, is going to experience a death. And that death will be caused from the fact that our bodies are still uh, living in this in-between time. We still have not experienced the fullness of Christ's uh, kingdom coming, or else we'd never die. We'd, We'd just live forever. But we all know that's not the case. This earth is groaning under the curse of sin. So what do we do as God's people? We continue to press in. And I want to encourage you, you know, uh, to press into the fullness of what God has for us, to, to believe for healing, to believe for restoration, to believe for wholeness. That's part of our responsibility as God's people. He wants us to pursue Him. He wants us to pray. He wants us to go after Him. Uh, And He wants us to keep fighting uh, for this, even though the fullness of all this has not yet come and is coming. And we should all rejoice about that. Look at the next verse with me. This is Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. The new earth that Jesus is bringing is going to be a place of incredible healing. Look at what it says. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it flowed down the center of the main street. And on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop for each month. And the Bible says the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. We are coming into an era when Christ brings his kingdom and in all of its fullness, where sin and sickness and disease will be no more. We'll never experience any sickness ever again in our bodies. Uh, The the river flowing from the throne of God with the trees on each side of those riverbanks bringing healing, the leaves bringing healing to the nations of the world. That's going to be an amazing time. But between now and then, our responsibility as God's people is to proclaim the good news that Jesus brings wholeness to broken people. Jesus brings wholeness to broken people. You know, in our kitchen, there's a a multi-leveled fruit basket. And uh, and between my kids when they were little and my grandkids now, when they come to the house, they're fascinated by the apples that are at eyesight. They grab those apples and usually they become baseballs or soccer balls. I find them bouncing around our kitchen and uh, it's been a long time since I've picked up an apple and taken a bite and not run into bruising somewhere in that piece of fruit. It reminds me of the wonderful blessing of children and grandchildren, but it also reminds me every time I take that bite, But you know what? The enemy has come into our lives and we've all been dropped. We've all got bruises. We've all got wounds. We've all experienced pain in this world. And the good news of Jesus and his reign is that even now, in the midst of this broken, fallen, sin-filled world, you can experience the healing power of Jesus in your body. And I want to pray over each of us this morning that there would be an awareness of our own spiritual bankruptcy, that even now you would humble yourself, you would come before God, and you would say, Jesus, I need you to touch me. You know, we deal in counseling situations every week in various ministries that are happening here uh, with people uh, that are hurting. And I'll just use marriage example, for instance. Sometimes the sins in a marriage are are very much open uh, and very much real and, and very much apparent. But the worst thing that can happen when you're trying to heal a marriage is for one of the parties to think that he or she hasn't done anything wrong, that he or she is not the problem, that it's that person's problem. And you know what? That's one of the biggest hindrances to experiencing the fullness of what God has for us, relationally or personally, is simply to come to the point where you feel like you're good. You know, I don't need any more. I'm good. Everything's good in my life. And you become almost a critic and a Pharisee uh, as it relates to other people. Well, here's the truth. We're all bruised. We're all broken. And we're all in process, which means none of us have fully arrived. And here's the sad news. None of us ever will arrive this side of Christ's second coming. Uh, That fullness is still waiting out there for us. But here's our responsibility now. Our responsibility is to pursue Jesus to keep saying, Lord, transform me, Lord, change me, and to believe, and this is the good news, that there is more, that you've never, ever reached the fullness of what it is that God is offering us through His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to pray for us, and I want to pray First Thessalonians 5, verse 23, over us today, all right? So if you'll bow your heads And I want you just to open up your heart right now to the possibility that there might be sickness in your life. There might be brokenness in your life. You might be tormented right now. You might be having bad dreams or nightmares. Uh, There are things that are going on in your life where you know you need freedom and you need liberty and you need more. That might be the simplest thing we could pray today is the more. So let me pray this over you. Father, I, I echo the words of the Apostle Paul Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body, the entirety of who you are, may that be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Lord, that's what we're pursuing. Spirit, soul, and body. Wholeness, Lord, from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Jesus, transform us Lord, thank you that you're not going to quit. You said you would finish the work you started in us. This is a beautiful renovation process that you're doing, Lord. And so, Father, I speak to people right now that are listening, that are maybe far from you. You know, you need, if you don't know Christ, you need to simply admit that you are lost and you are broken and you need help. In fact, that's the simplest prayer that we could ever utter is simply help, And if you're willing to cry out help right now and to to reach out in faith and to grab a hold of Jesus, he promises to heal you and to save you. And if you did that right now, I want you just to text the word Jesus to that number that's on the screen and let us know that today was a day when you reached out to the Lord and you asked for help. Father, I ask you to touch all those people right now that are doing that. And Lord, I pray for maybe those who know you that are sick in their bodies right now. In fact, let's reach out and agree in faith right now. Lord, I ask you to touch everyone who is not feeling well, everyone that has a disease, everyone who needs a miracle right now. Father, let your healing virtue be released into the, in the homes right now all across uh, this region that are watching. Father, let people experience the healing anointing of Jesus in their lives even now. Some of you are tormented Uh, by things that have happened to you, uh, and your mind is tormented. We speak peace in the name of Jesus, that that torment would go right now. And, Father, that deliverance would come. Let the peace of the kingdom of God flood every home right now and flood every heart right now. Lord, thank you for this amazing ministry that you have equipped your church with to love people and to see them restored. Lord, may living stones and the ministries that are here be ministries of powerful healing and reconciliation. And Lord, use us mightily to heal and to restore broken and hurting people. We love you, Lord, and we commit ourselves to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. I hope this series has encouraged you. Uh, to live in the kingdom of God, and not just to live there, but to demonstrate, to proclaim with our own mouths, and to demonstrate the good news of Jesus' reign. Have an amazing day today. I look forward to being back with you in person. We hope to keep you posted on when that's going to happen, but until then, let's enjoy the reign of Jesus Christ. We love you. Have an amazing day.